2: Isn't condemning the people because they're rich, has nothing to do with that. He's condemning them because they were misusing their wealth. So, you need to write this right from the start: money is not the problem, money, wealth is not the problem. Every person, every family needs money to live, every government needs money. Lord help us, every church. And ministry needs money to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to the mission field.
0: Throughout the centuries of Christian history, there's been several different viewpoints on wealth. Some believe that we're called to live in poverty, while others believe that wealth is a direct blessing of God. In today's message, Pastor Mark clears up one of the many important topics within the church. Continuing in the book of James, Pastor Mark demonstrates how money itself isn't evil, But what we do with our wealth very well could be. As disciples of Christ, we're called to care for those who are in need. As Pastor Mark points out, it's hard to serve others while squandering our wealth. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of James, chapter 5, verse 1 with part one of his message entitled, How Not to Enjoy the Blessings of God.
2: Lord, let us hear your the book of James, chapter 5. And we had a great idea, and I didn't. I think uh, Steve uh, had a great idea. And uh, what I want you to do is read this, and then when you're done with it, like tomorrow, give it to somebody that doesn't come to church. That's a great idea, isn't it? And if you really want to get good, you know, put your name in it. Say if you have any call, anything you want to do, whatever. If you really want to go, put a 20 spot in it and give it to them. They'll definitely be excited. No, but seriously, just, if you would, just absolutely remind yourself of this. Don't take it and throw it in the trash at home. Take this, give it to somebody this week, invite them to church. Now, here's what James says. Don't just be a hearer of the word and deceive yourself. Be a doer of the world. Word. A week or two later, two different people went to two stores and got me a Just Do It shirt. I guess they figured if I taught it, I ought to do it. So I'm working on it. And so this morning, Just Do It. I'm going to teach you. For some of you who've been Christians, you kind of know where I'm going. Some of will be definitely new for you. But some of you know where I'm going. But can I be honest and kind to you? You don't do it. Others of you, this is going to be brand new You've never heard this before It's like, what? But it's very, very exciting So I've entitled the teaching Something very different How not to be blessed by God Hallelujah How not to be blessed by God I'm going to show you What to do if you don't want to be blessed by God And then I'm going to turn around And show you how to be blessed by God Now in James chapter 5 it's kind of a funky, the first six verses are different. So look at me at all of our campuses. Vieira, Sebastian, you guys here, and those watching online in Melbourne, watch this. James is writing basically to the churches. Probably this passage he's writing to people that are, call themselves Christians in the church, but really weren't. They were wealthy and they were abusing the people in the church financially. So he has some things to say about it. Let me just say this up front to you. These first six verses really don't apply to us because there's nobody here that I know that's a boss or whatever that's abusing people financially. If you are, for sure this is for you. You don't have to say anything, God will speak to you. But we're going to learn from this the dangers of wealth and the blessings of wealth. There's both. And you're going to see lots of amazing things how it gets right to families. It gets right to every area of our life. So let's begin. Let's begin, if you will, James chapter 5, verse 1. I'm going to read to you this morning the first five words. Now listen, you rich people. Now, some of you are going to say, Pastor Mark, I should have stayed home. This has nothing to do with me. I'm not rich. What are you, crazy? Well, here's a website you can have fun with. And it's called globalrichlist.com. Just write it down. You'll have fun looking at it. So let's see if we're rich or not. If you have an income of $33,000, here's what you discover. You are in the top 1% Of wage earners in the world. 99% of people in the world. Do not make $33,000 a year. Now if you happen to make. $80,000 a year. You are in the top. One tenth. Of a percent. Of all wage earners. In the world. James is talking to those of us. That are rich. Anybody at this point say. Okay, okay. When I look at that, I'm rich. Could I see your hand? Okay, about half of you aren't convinced yet, okay? (laughs) Let me show you the next one. Now, here's what I want to ask you. How many, uh, and I want everybody to shout it out at all the campuses on the count of three. How many square foot is in your house, in your condo, in your apartment? How many square feet? How many square feet on the count of three? One, two, three, go. okay. Now, Linda and I have been to Hong Kong many times, one of the most expensive cities in the world. I want you to see a new micro kind of rental building. Actually, you're buying it. It's a, take a look at this. Look at these babies up here. They're called micro flats. Look, at, look what they start at. Here, as little as 177 square feet. Most of us have a bathroom that's bigger than that. I mean, it's 15 by 10s, 150. And look what it goes for, $200,000. And every one of those little suckers is filled with these little cubicles, and they're selling out like hot quakes. Now, can I ask you a question? How many of you, in comparison to what I've just said, are rich this morning? Could I see your hand? Thank you very much. So is this teaching for you? Yes, it is. It's for me. We're rich compared to that. And I was thinking, you know, most of our closets are bigger than what you just saw. I have no idea how they do it. Now, I'm not insensitive because some of you, even though comparatively, obviously, we're all rich. Some of you are having a difficult time with finances and loss of a job, sickness, debt, spouse walked out on you, you left with the kids' car needs. I understand that. But be encouraged today. When you go through this, you're going to see that God will meet your need, specifically your need where you're hurting today. Now, James chapter 5, verse 1. Now listen, you rich people. Remember, he's not talking to us now. He's talking to people that say they're Christians, but they're abusing the local church. Weep and wail because of the misery that's coming upon you. So I want you to see these words. You don't necessarily have to write them down. But all through the teaching, these four things are going to be the same. Rich, wealth, money, possessions. That's kind of what we're going to be talking about today. There's where James is leading us. Now, verse 2. Your wealth has rotted, and moths have eaten your clothes. Your gold and silver are corrupted. Their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. He's talking about God's judgment coming. Here's the key. If you want to circle anything in these six verses, this one word. You have hoarded. Circle the word. You have hoarded your wealth in the last days. So in verses 1 through 3, we have a picture of hoarding. It's wasted. Instead of blessing other people, being generous, it's all for me. Verse four, look, the wages you failed to pay the workmen who mowed your fields are crying out against you. So this rich person is taking advantage. We see that all over our world today. They're taking advantage of workers. Now notice their cries of the harvester. The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. In other words, justice is coming. How many know we don't have justice in this world at all? But the king is coming and justice is going to happen. Then he says, so again, there's oppression and fraud of the people. Look at verse five. You have lived on earth in luxury. Here's another selfie self indulgence. You have fattened yourselves in the day of slaughter, this extravagant lifestyle. You have condemned and murdered innocent men, not literally, but just taken the joy and the peace, and the, they're working themselves to death and getting nowhere because you're cheating them. And people who weren't opposing you, they've done nothing to you. So what we see in there is basically abuses of wealth. People can be wealthy, and they, do we have that today? All over our world, we have that. Plenty of places. People, I mean, if you go over to Asia and Africa, many of these people work in these places where they're making clothes. And, you know, they make a dollar a week. I mean, just just amazing abuse. Well, God's coming. So James is trying to say to us, this isn't right. Here's the danger. Now, look at me, because if you miss this comment, you're going to miss everything. James isn't condemning the people because they're rich has nothing to do with that. He's condemning them because they were misusing their wealth. So you need to write this right from the start. Money is not the problem. Money, wealth, is not the problem. Every person, every family needs money to live. Every government needs money. Lord, help us. Every church And ministry needs money to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to the mission field. Now, I'm going to give you this morning six principles of how to enjoy the blessings of God. Then I'm going to show you three dangers that if you go there, you'll never be blessed by God. So six ways two up front, four to the end, and then in the middle, three things you better be careful, I have to be careful about. So here's the first one right now. Write it down, if you will, all over campuses. Vieira, Sebastian, number one. Enjoy number one. No God owns it all, everything. See, there's a perspective that you and I have to get. Psalm 24 says it like this. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it the world, not just stuff, and all humans who live in it. Here's what you want to write. If you miss this perspective, then you will, you will always have trouble with wealth and money and riches and all those things. Everything we are and everything we have is simply a gift from God. So God is the one who gives us our time. Your breath, at the moment, is a gift from God. He's the giver of life. When our time is up, the breath stops. Ah, God is the one who gives us talents. He gives us abilities. He gives us possessions. And he actually blesses us, all of us, with money and wealth. So, you'll see through this that everything you are and everything you have originally came from God. When God created Adam and Eve, everything they were, everything they have, they had nothing to do with it. Plop on the earth. Breath came into them. They came out. Everything. So everything I have, your talent, your gift, your abilities, your servant, your money, possessions, it's all God's. And he gives it to us. Ah, but there's a catch. Here's number two. Enjoy Number two, no, we are managers. You're not the owner. Even of yourself, you're not the owner. We are managers, and we will be... Here's a word we don't like. We're going to be held accountable for how we manage, not my resources, but God's. I'm going to be held accountable. You are going to be held accountable, Romans 14:12. So then, each of us, not just pastors, every single Christian each of us will give an account of himself or herself to god so as god has given us this amazing privilege of managing my time my talents my possessions my abilities i'm going to be accountable to god in all of those areas now remember when you came to christ the bible says it like this and you turned your life over to you're not your own you were bought with the price Jesus Christ died. So when I turn my life, I'm not the ruler of my life anymore. So I'm a servant and I'm a steward. I'm managing my time. And you know the three most important things in life, God, people, and the use of our time. I'm managing that. And we manage it with stuff and talents and gifts and education and owning businesses. We manage that. So I am going to be blessed by God if I've managed well. Every single person, it's not, this home is, this place is not our our final home at all. And so when I get to heaven, I'm going to give account to God. But Satan has another plan. Satan hates God. And he doesn't want you to use your time and your talents and your gifts and your money for God. He wants them to use them for you and to expand his kingdom. Look how Jesus wrote it. Pretty powerful when we see the simple contrast. Here it is. Matthew 6, 24. Vieira, Listen. No one can serve two masters. Either he will, he will hate the one and love the other, or he'd be devoted to the one and despise the other, so there's no inner ground. You cannot serve. Now, this is interesting. Most of us would think, you cannot serve God and Satan. Well, he doesn't say that. Look what he says. You cannot serve God and money. Satan is behind the disadvantages of wealth so here's what you want to understand this principle if you want to write it down today Satan's goal substitute anything anything any person to take the place of God in our lives see I can't serve God and money my possessions I can't do it now as you begin to think about that what does that mean money is powerful In the original language, it's called mammon. It means earthly material treasures, especially money. So money is a power that wants to dominate me. And today we're going to look at how that works in our life. Now, what does this mean, substitute anything? Uh, Fame? Wealth, money, hobbies, possessions, relationships, a business, a job, anything in my life, if I'm not careful, can be a rival to God. I can misplace. I, I can take God off the direction of my life and put one of those things in place. Now, I want you to turn in your Bibles to 1 Timothy. Paul is going to teach young pastor Timothy, First Timothy chapter 6, just back about four books, First Timothy chapter 6. And I'm going to give us this morning three don'ts. If you do these, you will not be blessed by God. But if you don't do these, you will be blessed by God. We all want to be blessed by God. Right from the scripture. Very simple. First Timothy 6.9. Sebastian, listen up. Here we go. Those of you watching online, First Timothy 6.9. And I'm going to ask you to circle one word. People who circle the word want. People who circle the word want to get rich, look at the rest of the verse. They fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. So the first don't or do is this. Write it down this morning. Don't desire to be rich. Desire Instead of riches, God. Matthew six thirty three. So don't worry about these things, saying what will we eat, what will we drink, what we wear. He's not saying you don't go shopping and you need something or you want to go out today. He's talking about don't let those things, those kind of things, dominate your life. That's all you think about is the stuff here. He says, Don't no, 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 don't do that. He says, these things, notice the word there, they dominate. Here's a huge difference. See, as a Christian, I have to. I'm living different than an unbeliever. Watch this; these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. They shouldn't dominate my thought. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. You said, "Well, Pastor Mark, I'm not like really. I'm I'm not kind of squeezed into the world's mold. I, I don't think about things like, okay, some of us used to have a nice TV about this size." Some of us have one that is this size. Some of us have one that fits the back of our wall. I don't know what you do in a 177 square foot. I guess you do one of those. But now you, you're not satisfied because there's now a curved screen. Wow. It's just like this sanctuary. Curved screen. Now, I'm making fun, but that's the way it goes, isn't it? We think new is better, bigger, whatever. So the scripture says, careful, careful. You can't desire to be rich. It isn't going to work for you. Uh, God is going to provide for you. Remember the, our father who art in heaven, give us today our daily bread. It just simply means, give me what I need spiritually, physically, and emotionally. By asking God... God, my goal isn't to be rich. Now, when we were young, we kind of were all like that, and we watched. I, I want to be rich and the famous, all that kind of stuff. You know, we, we see all that. But as we get older, I hope you're paying attention. As we get older, and we look to Hollywood, Robin Williams had everything that we're talking about this morning, except one thing: hope careful it's not just Robin. tons look that lifestyle is totally empty but see we're we're taking in but wow no here's the next thing you want to write this is what Jesus is saying to us this morning wealth and possessions cannot bring satisfaction they're not designed to bring satisfaction in fact if you want to write by just write the word more That's what happens to all of us. Remember what the richest man in the Bible, the wisest man in the Bible was King Solomon. Watch what he says. Those who love money, say it with me, every campus will never have enough. How meaningless to think that wealth brings true happiness. The more you have, now this is written to people who have moved here from the north, and in January, this verse is for you. The more you have, the more people come to help you spend it during January, February, and March. How many know that's true? You moved to Florida, and people said, Oh, you moved to Florida? You have an extra room, right? I'll be there in January. How long are you staying? A couple nights? I oh, know, three months. So, what good is wealth? except perhaps to watch it slip through your fingers. Money never brings peace of mind. We have this crazy belief that once we get enough money and possessions, we'll be satisfied and content. It's wrong. How many of you remember at our campuses, those of you watching online, how many remember when you made $2 an hour? Let me see your hand. Okay, you younger people are going, what the heck are those people? Two dot. What, they work in India? What's that? What is it? No, we used to live on that. Come on, amen? Two bucks an hour.
0: I remember that. In today's lessons for living, we learned the importance of responsibility in our stewardship of God's blessings. Using some interesting statistics, Pastor Mark demonstrated how many of us are a lot better off than we might perceive. Reflecting on the warning of James to those who were hoarding their wealth, Pastor Mark reminded us of our calling to bless others as we've been blessed by God.
3: You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website.
0: Next time on Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will ask us an important question regarding wealth. In our pursuit of wealth and happiness, when are we truly content? Whenever we think that a little more money will solve our problems, chances are we simply desire more. As we continue our study in the book of James, Pastor Mark will give us several tools to better guard our hearts against the desire for wealth. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Ballmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living and together, let's do life right.